0: Hello everyone, this is the fourth episode of the Unifying Beauty Podcast and today I'm here with Aditi Das and she's going to tell us her story about how she is dealing with body dysmorphia and low self-esteem. So Aditi, tell me a little about yourself and how you know me and your story about body dysmorphia.
1: So hi guys, my name is Aditi. Um, I know Angie because... In ninth grade we met uh, mm-hmm. when we both joined the gymnastics team. <laughs> um, so when it comes to my story about body dysmorphia, I would say it started around elementary school. Um, I gained a lot of weight in third grade mm-hmm. and at first it didn't really affect me because I didn't really realize that I was gaining this weight and like I'm so young like no one really says anything exactly. when you're young. Um, but then I went to go visit my family that same year, Mm -hmm. and they just would not stop making comments about, like, they wouldn't say I was fat, you know, they wouldn't use that word, but they would say, like, oh, you're so chubby, oh, you're Mm -hmm. getting a lot of weight, and, like, I don't think they realize that those words also affect you the same way, and, like, it did, it got to me, and obviously hurt, like, I'm a little kid, Mm -hmm. um, and that was probably, like, my first experience of, like, me being self-conscious about my body and being uncomfortable with my body. Yeah.
0: So we just heard how body dysmorphia affected you before, but how does body dysmorphia affect you now?
1: So I would say it still affects me. I don't think in the same way that it used to. Mm -hmm. I think I was definitely much more self-conscious when I was younger. And, um, but at the same time, um, I wasn't... Const. it wasn't a constant obsession over like my weight and how I looked Mm -hmm. um but I feel like today I'm more confident than I was Mm -hmm. and I mean it's also unrelated to my body I've gained a lot of confidence but at the same time I feel like every time like I look in the mirror or Mm -hmm. every time like I'm changing or something like I think it's just become so like ingrained in my head to look Mm -hmm. at my like the first thing I do is look at my body and just like have negative comments in my head and just like go straight down that like negative mindset Mm -hmm. so I think like definitely it still affects like me day to day and everything Yeah. yeah
0: I know in the last like two years my body dysmorphia has gotten better because three years ago I would look at myself in the mirror and I just had to keep changing my outfit because, like, I couldn't, I couldn't just pick something. And I actually remember, everyone always says like when you have body dysmorphia, you usually tend to go with sweatpants or sweatshirts. But I was actually the opposite mm-hmm. because when I wanted to wear, like, when I thought, I thought I always looked bigger in those type of clothing so now last year I actually stepped up out of my comfort zone and I finally started wearing sweatpants and that those are my now best friends Jeez, they're so comfortable but now I know if I'm having a bad day and I know that my body dysmorphia is getting to me I don't look at myself in the mirror because I always plan my outfit the day before and I don't change it. And that's why. That's because if you, yeah, if you already have an outfit, you can't change it. I don't allow myself to change it even though I feel bloated or I don't look good in it. Well, we already picked it, so you have to get on board <laughs> and wear it. So that's what I do now. So I don't have to keep changing my outfits or miss the bus because of it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what I do. So now we're going to go on to another question. And it's how do you deal with people criticizing your body now
1: so it definitely still gets to me because it just reminds me of how I used to be treated when I was little mm-hmm. today it's actually different it's more of like oh like you don't eat enough like oh you're mm-hmm. always dieting like yeah and I don't really notice that I feel like I do eat well and so yes. like it obviously it gets to me because it's like people are making comments about Like, what I'm eating and how I'm eating and how much I should be eating. So, like, it still does get to me. And obviously, like, sometimes, like, motherly figures, whether it's my mom or my Mm -hmm. aunt, like, they'll still say something about, like, a certain top that I'm wearing. And, Mm -hmm. like, like I said, like, it still, like, gets at me a little. But I've learned to, like, be okay with it. I've Mm -hmm. learned to not worry about them because, like, I'm confident in my body and that's all I think about. Like, I know I look good in it and, Mm -hmm. like, I am happy about, like, what I wear and everything. So, I honestly, like, feel like I've come into myself more when it comes to those comments. I've learned to just, like, ignore them because they don't matter to me because I know myself better than anyone, Mm
0: so. Exactly. I feel like when it comes to people saying that I... Have too much diet restrictions Because obviously I do Because I'm lactose intolerant and gluten free yeah. But that's something that I had to live with And because of that I did lose so much weight But when people say things like Oh you're always on a diet Or you look too skinny Or something like that I'm at the point that I like and love my body just mm-hmm. the way it is And I know that If somebody says something like that to me like I'm just going to brush it off Now we're going to jump to another question and this question is, what tools do you use to help you with your body dysmorphia?
1: So I think that the biggest tool for me that I use was, like, a change in mindset. Mm-hmm. So if I look at myself in the mirror and the first thing I think of is a negative comment, I try to, like, tell myself, uh, like, I try to compliment myself. Exactly. That's like, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm, like, oh, like, I feel so big in this. I'll be like, no, I look beautiful, I look pretty, like, yeah. I'm confident, like, I am comfortable in my skin, like, things like that. I love so, that. <laughs> That's affirmations <laughs> <Yes>. right there. <laughs> um, and then another thing is, honestly, like, sometimes listening to people or, like, talking to people mm-hmm. um, about, like, their own stories or, like, even, yeah. like, for example, talking to you about it, like, it just <laughs> helped me so much it's because, like you can relate, and it's, like, exactly. it helps you feel like you're not alone, mm-hmm. because having, like, those thoughts and keeping it to myself just kind of, like, made it worse, because it just, like, built up. Exactly. So, definitely, like, talking to people about it helps, too. Oh,
0: yeah. I know, for years, I thought nobody felt this way, and that's why one day I just, like, bust, <laughs> like, and I was talking to my mom about it, and that's actually why, like, I fell into depression, because it was in... COVID 19, and gosh, when everybody, that was just a bad time for everybody, I feel like. (laughs) But because of that time, I finally opened up to my mom, and she helped me get a therapist, and Mm -hmm. that's when I started talking to her about it. And that's how I started to actually realize that I'm not alone. But I know some people are not always going to have the ability to have a therapist. So there are other resources that people can use, like talking to their friends or family. But if you don't even feel comfortable with that, you can even write it down in a journal. And so now I don't go to my therapist anymore, but I do journal daily because it just helps me, like, relief with everything in my life. And just talk about anything to myself, honestly. And I do the the weekly affirmations I post on my Instagram and TikTok and everything. But, yeah, like right when I wake up, I just say I'm beautiful. I'm going to have a great day. So every day, that every day, even though, even though I'm tired and I don't want to wake up. No. I have to say that I'm going to have a good day, unless it's not going to be a good day. But always waking up and giving yourself, like, a positive mindset, it honestly helps you so much throughout the day. So, yeah. So the next question is, How does being a high schooler affect how you feel about your body and your mental health? And you could even talk about COVID-19
1: and how you felt with that as well. So I definitely think high school is very hard. Yes. Um, Like, I think you're just going through so many changes and just like dealing with so many things at the same time, it starts to become a lot. Mm -hmm.
0: Um,
1: I definitely think I started being more, like, critical of myself Mm -hmm. in high school because you're kind of, like, changing the way you dress and, like, you're changing, like, how you present yourself. Yes. And... You, like, there's just so many changes that, like... <laughs> you're finding yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, and I feel like when you're little, you don't realize things. You're not as self-aware. So, exactly. So, like, I feel like, you know, like, ignorance is bliss. Like, yeah. sometimes it is. Because, like, when you get older, you start, like, learning things. You start, like, realizing things. And it's not fun. It's not happy. It's not the best all the time. Yeah. And, like, you're just, like, even, like, friendship changes, relationships. No, like, there's just so much that, like, being in high school like get, like it just so many obstacles mm-hmm. but like I think like dealing with all these as a high schooler has helped me realize that like if I can get through this I can get through anything oh yeah yeah and yeah. I feel like it's honestly helped me grow as a person too because like when you fall down, you get back up. Like exactly. those type of things. Like you have to be resilient and everything. So
0: yeah, yeah. I know tenth grade. I feel like in the beginning of the year was the hardest for me, just because I lost a lot of funds in the beginning. I thought they were my real funds, but they were they were not. <laughs> they were fake funds. Uh, but because of that, that's actually how me and you yeah, became exactly. really close. And I honestly hit rock bottom with like I felt like I had no friends at that time but then because of you and a couple other people that's where I met my real friends and that's how that's who I hang out still with now and like but I feel like if I didn't have that happen to me like I would still be with the fake people but what I'm trying to say is yeah I was friends with those people in middle school mm-hmm. but you're not going to still be friends with them in high school but that's okay in middle school, I was always like, I'd rather have, like, 20 fake friends than one real friend. Like, I I'd rather be popular, <laughs> blah, blah. But honestly, when you hit high school, it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Now, I am a firm believer, believer that having one friend is better than having a 100, like, fake friends yeah. because that one friend will stick with you forever, with mental health, with yeah food disorders and with everything like that so that's another thing that I wanted to say too because you also have like um food restrictions too and that's something that we also have in common as well so yours is acid right yeah yeah so when did you find out about that
1: so it was in like 2020 okay uh like towards the end yeah um I was like in the morning like I'd be throwing up like it was just so bad like It was like to the point where it felt like there was something stuck in my throat like Mm -hmm. it was just really bad so we went to the doctor and they found that i had acid reflux and like i was put on medication but the main thing they told me was like dietary restrictions so it basically meant like fried foods things like like tomatoes lemon anything acidic like Mm -hmm. soda things like that and like when you think about it, it's, like, oh, like, that's so easy, but oh, sometimes, no. oh, yeah, exactly. situations, like, where you just can't, you want to, and you can't, and mm-hmm. you have to restrict yourself, and, like, sometimes you don't even realize that, like, those are in foods, like, everyday yeah. foods sometimes, and so, like, it was definitely difficult, but, like, I've grown to find other things to, like, to have instead of those, and people exactly. actually, like, that's part of, like, today like a lot mm-hmm. of people making comments because yeah. um like there are certain foods that I don't eat that yes. my mom makes for example okay. and so like when we're all eating together mm-hmm. everyone is just on me like oh why aren't you eating this why aren't you eating yeah, that yeah. and so like it's just like i get almost like speechless because yeah. like i know it's it's a yeah exactly like, exactly. like yeah. i know it's a medical mm-hmm. reason but at the same time like it just makes me think about like they're probably thinking of watching my weight they're probably like, yeah. some kind of comment about my weight, but, like, yeah, yeah it definitely,
0: it does affect you in a lot of ways. Yeah, I know, what was it, I think it was, like, two years ago as mm-hmm. well. Well, because of you, <laughs> her doctor, actually, <laughs> is oh the God, one that made me realize that I was lactose intolerant and gluten-free, so <laughs> shout-out to her, but after that, there was so many, like, I couldn't eat anything, mm-hmm. like, cookies, but, like, nothing, And that's why, especially in lunch, like, (laughs) I eat the same thing every day. Everybody always has a comment about it. But, like, I love it. It's always chicken or ice. I eat that every day. And I don't have a problem with it. Like, I don't don't care anymore. Mm. I definitely have to say, though, the first year was very hard. Because I used to love ice cream, pizza, and pasta. Mm -hmm. So... Whenever somebody was eating that around me, I'm, like, get away from me. Like, I really, like, you're annoying me. Please don't eat that around me. But, like, I'm at the point now that I don't care. Yeah. But when I'm around, like, family as well, like, they're, like, oh, you always, like, how long have you had this problem? I'm, like, for two years now. Like, what? But they never, like, remember. And it's okay. Obviously, we don't see each other all the time. But it's just, like... People always think that I'm trying to like lose weight exactly. and I'm not. And I know if I don't see somebody for like over 3 months they're like are you eating? Like you <laughs> look skinny. I'm like no, like I'm well yes, yes. I'm actually eating a lot, but no I am not skinny. I look yeah. the same <laughs> that I was 3 months ago. But because I'm going to the gym now and everything, I guess that's why mm-hmm. people are say that. But I know I I feel like, my body has been the best it's ever been, like, um, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So, that's amazing as well. So, as we look back on what DT has told us about her body dysmorphia story, it really seems like how she stays confident now is by doing affirmations in the morning, or by talking to somebody, not only a therapist, but... Friends, family, or even anybody to talk about what's going on. As I told you guys in the past, it doesn't matter who you are talking to about your struggles, it just matters that you are talking about it to somebody. You cannot hold all these thoughts in your head because at the end of the day, that is making you more sad and it's going to make you have more emotions about your body in a negative way. And again, if you feel like you don't have anybody to talk about what is going on, you can always direct message me on any of my social medias. You can always journal. And if you don't feel comfortable about going to your friends or family, you can try going to a counselor in school or just trying to tell your parents, I know It is so hard to actually open up about these things because you feel like you might only be the only one struggling with this, but I swear you're not. I would have to say the hardest thing that I went through with my body dysmorphia journey was actually opening up to my mom about how I felt about my body. But I'm so glad that I took that risk and I told her about what has been going on because I know if I never told her about how I felt, I would have never had a therapist and realized how much my body is actually beautiful and I would have never started a website, started a podcast or even went to so many schools and talked to over 2,500 students to teach others how to love their bodies. None of this would have happened. Speak up and talk to my mom about how I was feeling. There are so many different tools on how you can gain confidence in your body and how to gain self esteem. I know. If you are on this journey, and if you have any other tools that you would like to share to the world, please direct message me, and I would definitely love to bring you on to this podcast. It's so nice hearing all of your stories, because it makes me feel like I am not the only one struggling with this, and that's why I made this podcast to begin with, because I know other people are struggling with this, and I want people to realize that It's okay to be struggling, and there is a way to move past the struggle. I truly love you guys so much, and come back for the next podcast in September. To stay updated with my life, or even about weekly affirmations or monthly goals, make sure to follow me on TikTok, which is You Define Beauty. My Instagram is... Udifying Beauty program. My main Instagram is Angie Juliet, and my website is www.udifyingbeauty.org. I love you guys so much, and remember that I will always be here for you if you ever need me. Bye, guys.